Miguel Sanchez, King's Code. Live life with integrity. I consider myself the king of possibilities. One of my early childhood memories of my mother was her saying to me, there are those who are born to be flowers and those who are born to be trees. We need to know our place in society and accept our flower pot. It was her way of saying you will never go beyond poverty. You will never accomplish much, so chill, relax. Be okay with being poor. I remember my six-year-old mind saying, why? Why should I be okay with this lifestyle? My father died when I was four years old, and I'm the sixth of eight children. My mom was 33 years old when she became a widow with eight kids. She never worked before that in her life, and she didn't know how to read or how to write. Now she was faced with the responsibility of raising eight kids, and on top of that, one of my brothers was handicapped. Now that I look back, she wasn't trying to limit me. She was trying to protect me from being disappointed in life because her reality was that she would never go beyond her flower pot. Even though we lived in Mexico with limited opportunities, I always had a dream. I knew that I wasn't born to be poor or live that kind of lifestyle forever. I tell my mom and my siblings that one day I will go to America and become a successful businessman. My family always told me that I was dreaming too big and I should be happy where I am. But there was something deep inside of me that I knew I was going to make a difference one day. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew that I was born to break the cycle of poverty in my family. I lived in Mexico until I was the age of 16. I finally convinced my mom to allow me to venture out and search for the American dream. It was against her better wishes, but I kept telling her that I wanted to try to make it in America until she finally gave me her blessing. It was important to me for her to believe that I could do it. I will learn later on how this played a big part in my journey. I will learn later how this played a big part in my journey. Back then, just like today, it was almost impossible for people who were poor to get a visa or get a chance to come to America and pursue the American dream. So I did what millions of other desperate men in search for a better life have done before. I decided to cross the border illegally and take the risk to come to this country where I didn't know the language or have family or anyone to help me. But I didn't even make it across the border the first time. I got caught crossing the border and I was sent back. But I knew that if I went back to Mexico City, I would be admitting defeat. I'd be accepting my mother's story. I wasn't going to do that. So I tried to cross again. I failed the second, the third, and the fourth attempt. But every time I was determined to break the cycle of not going back home as a failure. I failed 15 times. But on the 16th time, I finally made it to the other side, just when I was about to give up. People ask me all the time, what made me not give up after the 15th time? I tell them that in the path to cross the border, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of wooden crosses in the road. They represent people who have died in the attempt to pursue the American dream. I was determined to make it through or die trying, but I wasn't going to kill my dream until I gave it everything I had. I ended up in San Pedro, California, in the tourist area, where they had thousands of people visit every week. I didn't speak English, and I had a pocket full of lint, and I didn't know anyone. But I knew I was in the land of opportunity, so all I had to do was knock on the doors and look for one. I was so hungry that I would eat food out of the trash. I found a restaurant where they would throw out food that I could eat and cans that I could take to the local recycling plant. The first hamburger that I ever had, I found it in the trash of this restaurant. I went to the back of the restaurant, cleaned it up, and ate that hamburger. It tasted like glory. It was the best hamburger I've ever had. I don't mean the best hamburger I had until that point. I mean it's been the best hamburger I've ever had. 
I've been to New York, California, Oklahoma, and all around the world. But if I could go back, but if I could travel back in time and taste that burger again, it'd be better than any of them. At that very moment, I realized that I wasn't just collecting cans. I was collecting possibilities. Every time I put a can in my bag, I thought to myself, yes, I can. Yes, I can have the American dream. Yes, I can have a better lifestyle. Every can represented a new opportunity for me. The owner of the restaurant kept yelling at me, but I couldn't understand English, so I ignored him. Although it was obviously he wanted me to stop messing up his trash. One day, he brought me inside of his office along with one of his co-workers to serve as a translator. He threatened to have me deported, have me arrested, anything to get me out of his property. But then, as I was working out, he said, hey, come back, and asked me if I wanted a job. My eyes lit up and I said, yes, that's what I need. This was the opportunity I was looking for. He said to the translator, okay, tell him to clean the bathrooms, take out the trash, and keep the tables on the patio sitting area clean. I cleaned the patio like it was my sleeping quarters. I would arrive nine o'clock in the morning. I got buckets with bleach and water in my towels and wipe off the tables. Had a bunch of trash bags tied up into my waist so I didn't have to go back and get trash bags every time I needed them. I looked like a clown, but within two hours, had the patio clean. I looked around and I saw what I could do next. I got all my cans in my bag and I went inside the restaurant and helped the dishwasher. When the dishwasher was done, I would go into the kitchen to help the cook. Then my tables were dirty again, so I would go outside and clean them off. I was hungry and driven, but I didn't mind getting dirty. By the time I was 18, I was managing the place from top to bottom. Eventually, I pitched the idea of expanding the restaurant to have kiosks up and down the nearby stretch of waterfront selling different types of street food that they couldn't get in the restaurant. This would attract different clientele and would leverage our resources to create more revenue. I grew that business from multiple seven figures by purely hunger and innovation. I knew deep inside that my destiny wasn't just to be a poor kid from Mexico, and I needed to explore every opportunity that I had to bring value into the marketplace. That's when I learned I was born to be an entrepreneur. I was given the opportunity to bring the kiosks to sell products at a local concert. I invested about 13000 in this event just to get in and have a chance to sell my product. But I only sold $300 at the whole event. It was a huge bust. I realized at the time I was running an all-cash business and the ATM next to my kiosk was broken. Monday morning, I called the ATM company and I went off on this guys because I had just lost 12700 that weekend. At the end of the conversation, the lady said, Hey, do you know that you could own your own ATM? That's how my business, owning ATMs, was started out of a tragedy. It wasn't just a business loss to me. To me, it was a tragedy because I started a business. I put all my eggs in the basket and I lost everything. But once I started my ATM business, I was making close to $25,000 a month doing six hours worth of work in a whole month. At this point in my life, I felt like I had made it. I reached the American dream. I was being a successful entrepreneur. I branched it out to several businesses, had employees, a brand new house, new cars, a wife and kids. I felt I was the king of the hill. And when you have that kind of money and power coming from nothing, you tend to sabotage your growth when you think you have made it. I began to have multiple affairs and I truly believe it when I told myself. Even if she finds out that I'm cheating on her, she will stick around because she's getting all these benefits from being with me. My ego was so big at that time that I didn't even try to fight it. I just gave it to her. I thought I made it once. I'll make it again. I read Donald Trump's book. This was long before he became president. And I thought, if this guy could make it back from losing everything, so can I. 
I admit it now, I was being very arrogant. There's a difference between having money and being a high-value man. I didn't know it then, but money doesn't make you better. It just amplifies who you already are. In my case, it exposed all my insecurities. But as you probably realize about me, when I put my mind into something, I will get it done. So I focused on rebuilding my business to prove to my ex-wife that I could do it again. I was able to rebuild my business even faster than before. And I was asked to speak at business conferences and events about how I accomplished the American dream. People were drawn to my story of crossing the border 16 times, and I loved to share my story, so I became something of a motivational speaker. But the truth is, I felt broken inside. I was hurting, I didn't know why. I thought money and success would make me happy, but I felt very unfulfilled. On the outside, it appeared that I had it all together, and everyone around me thought that I had life figured out. But inside, I felt like I was dying. I felt empty. I felt like a fraud. I felt like a liar and that all these thoughts and feelings tormented me in the middle of the night. It was September 15, 2015, around 7.30 in the evening. I was finishing up a weekend festival where my company was a vendor and between the ATMs and the kiosks, we made more than a million dollars. I had all the cash piled up on the table, most of it in fives and tens. So it was a big pile of cash. As I waited for the machines to count the money, I was scrolling through Facebook and that's when I saw Raul's video. I stopped doing everything, I stopped doing everything, and I played the video again and again. I said to myself, who the fuck is this guy? How does he know me? How does he know exactly how I'm feeling? It was like he was speaking to me. He was telling my story. Yes, I'm successful. Yes, I think I have it all. But inside, I'm feeling like I lost something. That was the exact moment that I realized that I had lost my edge. I filled out the application to work with Raul directly. I filled out the application to work with Raul directly and his team reached out to me to set up an interview. When I had a conversation with Raul, he asked me intrusive questions. I've never had anybody challenge me like that before, especially somebody I just met through a video a few days ago. Here's this guy yelling at me on the phone telling me not to waste his fucking time if I wasn't ready to get real. Usually I'm the one telling other people not to waste my time, so for the first time in years, somebody flipped the script on me. At the beginning, I got defensive because I didn't want him to know how bad I was hurting. But once I understood that he truly cared, I was able to get real and share what I was going through. It was liberating to know that I wasn't alone. Here was a man who was not judging me, but was seeing past my experience and bringing out the potential of who I could become. He told me that what he does is not conventional. And if I thought that he was going to be there to motivate me, that couldn't be farther from the truth. He told me that if I was gonna find my edge, to find my king's code, he would need to expand my pain so I could learn to use it as fuel. I committed to attending the bootcamp experience and giving my credit card information right away. I told him, I've never done anything like this before, but after having just one conversation, I knew I needed someone like him to break my habits and teach me new ones. Later on, I would learn that what I was going through was the middle of the tunnel. Later did I know that that decision would change my life forever. What I realized from that day forward is that my entire life I've been searching for approval. From when I asked my mother for permission to come to America to when I started my business to prove to everyone that I could be successful. But I've never given myself the permission to be happy. I was in warrior mode and have become a sedated warrior after my divorce. To become a king, I needed to give myself permission to heal so I could take ownership of my past and live a life with integrity. My king's code is, live life with integrity. Integrity to me means I would not ask anybody to do something that I wouldn't do or I haven't done. With that core value, 
I began to discover my purpose, to equip and empower immigrant entrepreneurs to become successful in this country so they could have the ability to contribute to a better America. I created a nonprofit organization called IMAD, Immigrants Making a Difference. I believe that once you reach a certain point of success, it's a moral responsibility to give back. I traveled the country sharing my story with other entrepreneurs. And I not only shared my success, but also my failures, because I want them to learn from my mistakes. I want them to know that they don't have to be perfect. I want them to know that they don't have to be perfect. But as long as they learn from their mistakes and give themselves permission to grow, they will have the choice to live with integrity. I believe that God put every single one of us on this earth for a reason. And the moment we acknowledge that, we realize that we are imperfect creatures being guided by God's unconditional love. And even when we make mistakes, He still loves us enough to make the best out of us. My mission is to empower Hispanic entrepreneurs to transcend to the next level. If I could cross the border 16 times, fuck up 80% of the time, and I'm still able to create an impact in this world, you have no excuses. Why can't you find your own King's Code?